Thank you to everybody who's donated to the Upford Network fundraiser so far. We actually hit our first goal already. We allowed 60 days for this uh, fundraiser and 20 days in we are already at 109% of the original goal, which is very, very exciting. So thank you so much to everybody who's given so generously. Um, Because we hit our first goal so fast, we are on to stretch goals. A stretch goal is something you do when a campaign goes really well. Um, And it's sort of a next step of the next big thing we can do with this money. Our next stretch goal is $5,000. We're currently at $2,747. As of recording, we will be at more by uh, the time this is released. So our next stretch goal of $5,000 Canadian will allow us to donate recording setups to two youth centers in our area. Uh, We've wanted Mm. to get involved with the community. Yeah. So at first we thought we were donating a recording setting to set up to one community center and then uh, figured out a way to give it to two because two people applied and we wanted to give it to both. And that's super exciting, folks, because these two community centers are um, places I've worked at both of them, uh, full disclosure, um, and love stuff that they do. Um, Mm -hmm. So there's the St. Raymond's Community Center in NDG in Montreal and the Walkley Community Center, same neighborhood. They're two community centers who actually work together. Um, and who mainly uh, offer sports and uh, sports and leisure programs for uh, the community, uh, and they work in very underserved areas uh, in enclaves of poverty. Uh, they work with a lot of people who are new immigrants, and uh, also just folks who don't have the same types of privilege that a lot of us have. Um, so they're a lovely, lo- two lovely groups, uh, both run uh, uh, by Comité Jeunesse Walkley Centre in partnership with Prevention Côte des Neiges NDG, uh, and both of them are funded by the City of Montreal for uh, for their, their leisure programs. Um, and I can tell you that those funding uh, amounts are you know, they're never as big as would be nece- as would be needed uh, to make a real impact. And uh, this is going to help them get some equipment, which is always the hardest thing to find when you run a community center. Mm-hmm. So this is an incredible opportunity. In addition to equipment, this will actually also involve having a contact person at the network to provide tech support, consulting and workshops going forward. So it will not just be dumping some mics on them and running. We're really uh, investing in an ongoing relationship. Yes. The Upford Network's main goal is accessibility in podcasting, um, and that means accessibility across every barrier. So the other thing this provides is that in at least one of the centers, um, the space they're using will be fully accessible, and our actual network studio is not uh, wheelchair accessible. Um, So that's really exciting to include that in the neighborhood. So the stretch goal is really exciting. Um, We're really happy that we fundraised enough that our base need is met and we can go on to enrich our relationship with the community. Please donate if you're able. If you're not able, um, but you can share the campaign, that's extremely helpful. Share it on your social media, share it with your parents, um, share it with whoever. If you need some ideas on the best ways to share it, please hit me up and I will help. Uh, We have scripts that we use. Um, We have fundraised a lot very effectively and no ways to make it less intimidating. So if you want to help in any way and you don't know how, feel free to reach out to me. You can reach out to me on Twitter. You can reach out to me on Instagram. I'm on Bear at both. You can hit up the show email. Yeah, please donate. 
Help us do a cool thing. Yeah. <laughs> this is an awesome project. Yes, help us out. I'm Taffer. Welcome to Yeah, a show where we talk about young adult lit and what it can teach us at any age. This is our book club, and you're invited. Yeah! I'd like to take this time to acknowledge that the studio where we record is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Ganyangahaga First Nations. As settlers, it's important that we remember that the lands we occupy are not our own, and that we engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset. We encourage you to take some time today, and every day, to reflect on your relationship with the land you live on and the Indigenous communities of that area. This week, Caddy and I sat down with Erica Moen and Matthew Nolan, the authors of Let's Talk About It, a new sex ed resource for young adults. Uh, Erica and Matthew are also the creators of Oh Joy Sex Toy, a sex education uh, website that's been up, webcomic that's been going for eight years. I've been consuming their content, or Erica's content anyhow, for over a decade, and was so thrilled uh, that they agreed to come and talk to us. We talk about their book. We talk about how to frame sex ed for teenagers, uh, projects they might take on in the future, gardening. It's a great time, and we really enjoyed having them. Erica and Matthew, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having us, guys. Yeah, yeah. thank you so much. So we were very excited when Let's Talk About It came across our radar. We love to talk about sex ed on this show. We love to talk about sex positivity and how to model that to teens. And while we usually talk about fiction, we knew that we weren't going to let this one pass us by. So I think I, I ordered it the minute it was available to order. And then just uh, basically came across a tweet from Erica saying, do people want to talk to me about stuff? And I was like, yes, yes, I do. I do, actually. <laughs> and slid into your DMs. And now here we are. I've been consuming your work rapidly for like, it's close to a decade now, wow. I think, since you first started. I, I've been putting autobio comics on the internet for like, I think I'm coming up on 20 years now. <laughs> like I started as a teenager. <laughs> I think I, I started reading, it, I was definitely reading it in college. And I think I maybe found you because I was reading Girls with Slingshots, which was like a big web comic mm -hmm. in the day. Yeah. And I think I came across your work through that. But mm -hmm. I think it was pre Ojoy Sex Toy. Yes. Yeah. Ojoy Sex Toy, we started just about eight years ago, 2013. And the comic you're probably thinking of is Dar, which was my autobiographical journal comic. And I did that uh, from a long time. Yeah. Like, I think I did that from my freshman or sophomore year in college until 2009 and then you did like a little guest strip for girls with slingshots yeah yeah we and had so some... i think i think we showed up a few times in there yeah and yeah. danielle and i like do events together and oh yeah she's the bee's niece she's yeah she's awesome. one of my dearest friends <laughs> that's amazing i also knew you from ojoy sex toy um as a sexology student and a general uh sex ed nerd it's been discussed in many a uh, university course in Montreal, I can tell you this. Oh, wow. Oh, dang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's not. I don't think it's nervous. I think what I love about your work is it's vulgarization, 
right? It's 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 communicating things that are uh, very abstract and clear uh, in scientific terms, I guess, or in the humanities, and then distilling it and making it widely available uh, to folks in a language that is accessible and in images that are inclusive and uh, allow for everyone to sort of feel at ease with uh, talking about sex. Would you be able to just tell us a little bit about the genesis of this project? Because we know your website uh, as a great source uh, that is maybe more geared towards adults or emerging adults, uh, whereas this is a YA work. Uh, this is targeted at youth. So could you tell us a little bit about how this project was born? I guess like going way, way back, like when I was in high school, I was so hungry for information about sex ed and relationships and stuff. And so like the genesis of this is for Matt and me both, like being teenagers and being like, how does this work? How do people, how does this happen? I don't understand. I need information. Yeah. I remember being a teen and having harder questions than just the physicalities of, of, of sex, right? Instead of just things going in things and how baby is made. Um, I, I had questions. I had worries. Mm-hmm. I had I had thoughts. I, I, I was, sex consumed me, but stressed me out. And I never, you know, there was never really anybody there or never a, a, a book that really answered those things. So we've been doing Ojoy for the last eight years. And we're maybe able to do maybe like one education piece a month. You know, education stuff takes a lot of, brain power and a lot of work for those not familiar with ojoy sex toy it's it's a series of like just a bunch of different comics that relate around the subject of sex in general and we bring on other cartoonists to talk about their own perspectives and erotic stories and toy reviews and then sex ed like there's only four weeks in a month so sex ed would get like one update a, yeah. in a month so we'd squeeze out these little bits of, of of education but we always wanted to do it more full-time and do a proper book of it mm-hmm. And we, we kept talking to uh, parents at like events and they kept saying, we really want something that's that's meant for teens. Your stuff is really great, you know, for like 20 plus, mm-hmm. but like for, for, for the 14 year old <laughs> in my life, it's not quite hitting the mark. You know, the, the toy yeah. reviews that we've got in there, mm-hmm. not really what we want. And so it's always just been a dream for us to create that book that was meant for the younger Erica and Matt's mm-hmm. as well as everybody else who's just been calling out for for our kind of education for for their younger younger audience yeah so that's where it came from that's the genesis <laughs> that's awesome and okay so it, this could have gone a bunch of different ways. I mean, you guys tackle narratives uh, on Ojoy Sex Toy. How did you make the decision to make this more of an informative book as opposed to following more of a narrative? I'm not sure we attacked it that way. We, we definitely came across it along the lines of all of our other works always been Erica and Matthew talking to the audience. As narrators. We, as narrators and educating from our point of view. And we really wanted to create something that gave the power to teens themselves. So we really wanted to create a book where each little subject or each little topic, there's a teen who's 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 running into a little problem with that particular, you know, or has questions. And they ask another teen and then that teen, you know, educates them, helps them along. Or has a conversation with them where the two of them are figuring stuff out we together. We really wanted to sort of empower, like communicate with, with, with your friends, communicate with other teens mm-hmm. um, and, and, you know, help each other kind of thing. That's where that kind of really stemmed from. I'm not sure that quite answers you correctly, but... 
so like there are core lessons that Matt and I wanted to cover in the book. Stuff about like how how does consent work? How do you ask for consent? How do you give consent? How do you change consent? How do you check in with a person to see how they're doing in the middle of this thing that they agreed to do? And just like so like that's one of the lessons is consent, talking about consent. And we didn't want to make a book that just lectures the reader. Like, all right, now this is how you do it. ABC, follow my rules. We wanted to show a more natural setting of like the kind of situations that teens would find themselves in. And by showing them talking to other teens about this, it's sort of um, showing by example. Normalizes norm those conversations. Normalizes those conversations and also kind of like provides a bit of a template almost for how you might bring this up, how you might respond, how you might say, um, actually, I blah, 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 blah. So yeah, just trying to show like this is how it could possibly play out in real life. Uh, just trying to make that jump from being lectured at to this is a vocabulary for you to use in your own life. You're not just being told how to do things. This is encouraging you to think about how this applies to you, how this applies to the people around you, how you might want to talk about it. Da -da 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 -da. I really noticed, like I, I noticed very much in this book that it's peer-to-peer -peer education. And I appreciated that so much. It was really radical for me because I, I had never, it had never occurred to me that all of the sex ed books I've read for kids and teens come at it from a position of authority and saying, oh, if you have a question, ask an adult, which of course is useful for kids who have trusted adults in their lives. It can be useful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I really, you know, for me, like I got most of my sex ed before I discovered the internet from my siblings or from my friends, which led to some misinformation, but also like a lot more information than I ever got from authority figures. It was exciting for me because it was new. Like I'd never seen that before. And because I think that's exactly the way sex ed should be going. Like, let's honor those peer-to-peer -peer connections. Let's honor that peer-to-peer -peer education that happens. And that also is often a lot more effective with teens than their health teacher is ever going to be. I know Caddy and I were texting about the like gardening queer auntie representation, because I think that's an identity we both really feel close to. But just having the big sister who has her her favorite tomatoes and is talking to her little sister about sex. And this is like I have my partner's little sister will text me about this stuff. And it was just really nice to have that, to see that and to see those relationships that are um, so familiar to all of us. It's funny, one of the, the things that we got sort of semi pushback on when we were fielding it for notes from all the different editors and, and it was getting shipped around inside of Random House was... Um, uh, like somebody was like, nobody talks to their sister about sex. <laughs> and then it was like this big, big like outpouring of like, yeah, so many of us do. Come on, like sisters know the best stuff. And so it was really interesting to see how everybody sort of had a different experience, a different mm -hmm. like a, a different mentor or a different um, person who helped crack that sex education seal for them. But nobody ever said, oh, I had the best sex education from school or I had no. I was given the best sex. You know, like no. that was never the story. No. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. <laughs> mine, mine came from Dawson's Creek, uh, just so that everyone knows, overly verbose. Uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, I think there's something when, when Tuffer, you were bringing up the peer-to-peer, -peer, I love that there's a section about friendship in this book. Because when we talk about sex and relationships, we tend to forget that friends have a huge impact 
uh, on on our relationships, on our way of of talking about things and everything. And and for teens, they are the core peer group uh, that they're looking to identify with. This is a random, not exactly about the book question, but how have your friendships kind of jumped in and helped you help shape you, I guess, into these awesome creatives? You're looking questioning, but I think I think friendships are a big big part of what you do and what you are. They're they're, they're sort of our bigger uh, expanded family. Yeah. Well, I was I was having a flashback memory to uh, so there's a cartoonist Dylan McConus, um, and she her most recent book is Queen of the Sea, which is amazing. Um, and it's also another one of those. It's a it's a comic, but it's also kind of a illustrated prose book at the same time. Uh, you guys would love it. Uh, anyway, we went to high school together and I remember being a, a freshman and she was a sophomore and I was walking next to her on the hallway and I was like, Dylan, what is the clitoris? Where is it? I don't understand. And I'm, and she's like, sure, just like telling me it's like, okay, blah, 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 blah. Um, so that's what, that's my, my first image of, of like, where do your friends tie into learning about sex? It's like, oh, it's Dylan McConus telling me where the clit is when I was in ninth grade. <laughs> what I'm hearing is that it was modeling. Basically, it's like, you know, you're taking your friendship experiences and sort of putting them on the page and also sharing that aspect of peer-to-peer learning doesn't have to be structured. It doesn't have to be, you know, a workshop uh, taught by someone coming into a community center. It can literally be having a picnic with a friend and kind of going like, hey, this happened. Uh, How do we feel about this kind of thing? And I, I, I find that really interesting. As you were telling that story, I was reminded of like my own experience like that, which was actually with Eunice, who is now one of our co-hosts, who was a high school friend of mine, she and I discovered that one of our friends just had no idea. Like he he asked us why stomach acid doesn't burn the baby when you're pregnant. Oh, wow. And she and I were in like grade eight. But we were like, and we just started giving him sex ed classes like on the metro on the way home every day. And he'd be like, so how does this work? How does, what are ovaries? And that's, that's exactly what we see in this book is just sort of like, hey, I have this question. And that's, Great. And I love that. Yeah. Friendship education. Um, I also really enjoyed that the book talks about, um, and Katie, I think you just touched on this a little bit, but talks about not just relationships and sex, but also how friendships play into relationships and sex. And I personally really appreciated the section that deals with like, how about when your friends are a little jealous because you have a new partner and you're spending all your time with them? Because I think that's something like we can all relate to like we've all had that happen at some point I think where your friend (laughs) is dating somebody and suddenly they're just not there anymore Mm -hmm. um and seeing that handled so well was really nice seeing aftercare handled was really great so I wanted to ask this is one of those kind of kind of tricky questions but like how do you define sex when you're talking about sex education uh, when you're going about a project like this, how do you make that decision of, okay, we're going to cover this and not this? Well, I mean, like for what sex itself is, I have a really, I have a way more liberal definition than I think most people and professionals do. And to me, it's just, it's sexual intimacy that people are sharing together. And so for me, uh, sex can be mashing your genitals together. It can be having your hands touch each other. It can be physical contact, like for sure, fluids, all, all of the obvious stuff. But then to me, uh, being sexually intimate can also include sitting side by side 
not touching each other and you're both masturbating and maybe like you both come together even though you're not touching and to me I, I would count that as being sexually intimate and then like phone sex you're you're in a different state from each other and you're on the phone and you're sharing sexual intimacy over the phone I also count that as sex um but I I know that's a way more expansive <laughs> uh definition than than you would find like in a textbook or from a doctor <laughs> and as for the the chapters and how we broke it down um and, and what things you wanted to put into the book it it we just sort of when we were coming up with this this book the chapter stuff we we just sort of attacked it with what kind of questions would have been the most helpful for us as teens yeah what do we hear teens asking the most and like then we sort of came with sort of came up with like a hit list of items and break them into chapters and then just started to build from there. I think the thing about our book is that it's less a book that's talking about like, this is how you do sex. This is how you use protection. I mean, we do have a thing about using protection and sex, but the focus of the, of the book is not the mechanics of how you have sex. It's about relationships and talking to people. And it, it, like, we're talking about sex a lot right now, but a lot of the book is also talking about like, it's okay not to have sex. It's about asking yourself questions. So, you know, like, what are you ready to try? What are you not interested in doing? How do you talk to somebody else about what they're interested in trying? How do you respect their wishes if they don't want to do something? Yeah. So it's a book about relationships and talking in your relationships and expressing your wants and needs and being receptive to other people's wants and needs. I, I mean, that sounds delicious. Um, I think I, I've been realizing um, I've been realizing recently in conversations with youth and uh, uh, other folks who work with youth is this idea that, you know, there's there's they're bombarded with media right now and with content. There's so much content about sex, uh, so much content about, yeah, about the mechanics. And they're starting to be more, I'm noticing on TikTok, I'm seeing more and more uh, uh, about the subjective experience of relationships and and especially through uh, queer folks and uh, folks who are in polyamorous relationships because obviously there are contexts where there has to be a lot of intentionality I guess surrounding surrounding our relationships, people make choices, and and they're they're sort of imposed by the structure. Whereas uh, a lot of folks are finding that uh, some youth who are in what feels like very uh, cis het normative relationships are tending to they have needs too, and they want to they want to talk about their feelings. Uh, Gen Z is going to get everyone talking about their feelings, and I think that's really fun. Um, how have, uh, in the past 10 years, uh, well, eight years of doing Ojoy Sex Toy, um, how has the conversation around relationships, intimacy, um, emotions surrounding sex, how, how have you seen that change or maybe evolve, hopefully? God, it's grown up. It's, I- it's become so much more spoken. I remember mm-hmm. when we first started and like the, the, the big comic that, that, that people were waiting for was like how to introduce toys into a relationship. And now, yeah, that, that was, just, that was taboo. That, that was, was crazy. That was the big thing. And now it's, <laughs> you know, like that's so, that's just water now, right? Like that's, that's so easy. <laughs> um, everybody has a toy. Everybody does that. It, I don't know. Everything's grown up. It's, it's the conversations we're having, the topics that we're, the group is, is, is focusing on the, the harder to deal with ones. They're the ones that take more thought and more time. And it's really good. We're we're all evolving and growing at you know 
that's what it feels like. Um, Okay, like just going by the indie sex shop that's in our area, which is Shebop. It's a shebopthashop.com, I believe, if people want to check them out. They they offer all these incredible sex classes. And I get a monthly summary of like, this is what classes are coming out this month. And they'll have the standard ones that are like, how to give an awesome blowjob. And then the rest of them are like, sex and disability, how to experience sex if you have a disability and how to be a good sexual partner for your disabled partner and, um, and like trauma and sex and like working through. So it's all like trauma and, and, oh, and poly, like how to have a good, healthy poly relationship. And then there's like all these different subcategories of different ways of doing poly. And, um, and so it's like the subjects have gone, like they're still mentions of the mechanics, like this is how you do this thing. But the conversation and the interest now seems to be more about the concepts and the lifestyles that go into sexual relationships and sexual identity and uh, how to like be a person in society and experience sex in the way that's healthy and whole for you. And yeah. One of the things I'm hearing also, you said it's grown up and I love that way of putting it um, because I think that's absolutely true. But I I think also the intersectionality and inclusivity uh, and diversity of the ways that we talk about sex publicly are so much more uh, prominent. And it's not that you know, seeing diverse bodies has already existed in sex ed. Um, we've talked, we talked a little bit before this recording about It's Perfectly Normal, which is a sex book from the 80s that has a really nice diversity of bodies and, and abilities in it. But I really appreciated the attention to representing intersectional diversity. Um, so not just in, let's talk about it specifically now, your book, not this other book. <laughs> <laughs> because there's not just different skin tones and different body types. There's also different abilities and there's different um, uh, aids for mobility and there's um, ASL represented. And that's very cool. Like being able to trans bodies. Oh man, the thing that I personally appreciated so much, so much, which I've never seen before. And I'm really excited about is calling puberty either testosterone driven or estrogen driven and just taking out of it completely. Matt, Matt's the one who came up with that. Cause like we were yeah. going back and forth with Gina or our editor, like trying to figure out like, how do we word this? Cause we want it to be inclusive, but we don't want to use gendered language. Da, 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 da. And then Matt was like, estrogen rich, testosterone rich. I was like, oh my God. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I kept expecting a doctor expert to, to read it and be like, oh, it's not quite right, but we didn't get any pushback on it. It was, I was really happy. It was really nice. Not yet. Well, and it's, it's so good. And it's like, I've seen there, there are starting to be more and more trans inclusive puberty books around but I have only seen books that talk about blockers. I've never seen books that talk about um, hormone replacement, which happens for trans kids in their teens, and they need to talk about puberty too. And seeing it just defined as estrogen or testosterone driven just takes that completely out of it. Because it's like, yeah, whether you're taking your estrogen in a pill form or it's coming from your ovaries, you're going to have the same kind of puberty, which is, I think, exactly the right way to talk to trans youth about puberty. You know, like, a lo- this is, I'm, I'm very, I care a lot about trans youth. So like, this is the, the lens that I'm carrying to this book. But it was so exciting, because I, I don't think I've ever seen a book for youth before, that I can just wholeheartedly say, like, yes, this is going to be as applicable for your trans kid. Cool. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. 
Yeah, you hit on something really special with that. That's great. Thank oh, you. Thank you so much. Yeah, we 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 tried hard, but we yeah. we also know that you know six months down the line, language language will change. changes. Something there'll be a new way of thinking about something, and, and, and the also, book will probably get aged. But we did we did we did try our best. And I want to mention that we also did have um, outside readers uh, mm. who came in, and you know we had somebody who was intersex read the book. We had a because, transgender woman read the book and give us because like we are because two context, cis in, people for the, for the podcast. Is mm -hmm. we're two cis white yeah. kids that you know we, we don't have all the experiences. Yeah. We, we we don't know what we don't know exactly. <laughs> um, so we made so, sure to bring on people who had more experiences mm -hmm. and we talked to a couple of teens too. Like we, we tried to expand our, you know, pool of, of, of thoughts from just beyond and our, beyond our expertise yeah. or lived experience, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Have you been met with any pushback? I mean, this is a, a fundamentally political book in my opinion, because there is a position taken of inclusiveness, inclusiveness. I'm sorry. I'm Francophone inclusivity. That's in English. Um, <laughs> uh, inclusiveness worked for me. I wouldn't have clocked that. Oh, good. That, that, that sounded right to me. <laughs> yeah. Have you faced any pushback? I mean, this, this allows for some pretty intense conversations for, for families, for youth amongst themselves, et cetera. We've been pretty lucky. Um, we we, we the, don't get exposed too much to yeah. We're pretty sheltered <laughs> from 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 the world of online. Yeah, um, you know, purposely so. But from what we've heard so far, everyone seems everyone seems to really like the book. It's it's worked out I think really really well. The biggest pushback is that we we write kind of like dorks sometimes. Yeah. It's like kids don't talk like that. And it's like yeah, but we talk like that. <laughs> we're nerds, <laughs> so you they know, talk like that. It, it's going to be an Eric or Matthew book. It's going to yeah. sound a little. It's going to like sound Eric a bit nerdy. <laughs> but I think I saw some criticism too that we don't cover enough of the sex acts and how mm -hmm. to how to do you know how to you know, covering like oral sex and stuff like that and it, but that wasn't really the, the purpose, purpose of the book mm -hmm. um we, we kind of thought that stuff would get covered through what teens were already consuming or the first mm -hmm. round of education that they got and that this book was really designed to sort of tackle the sort of the follow-up after their first basic amount of education like the, the questions that they might have after learning about sex yeah. uh, or the questions that they the, the worries and concerns like one of the biggest takeaways i really wanted to give kids was to sort of tell them hey your feelings, your thoughts, you're okay. It's okay yeah. to feel those things. We all feel them and, mm -hmm. you know, what what you are is okay. So that was just very important. Yeah, I can tell you that um, in doing a lot of counseling uh, on the subject of, of sexuality and just human sexuality in general, that is the most common question is, is this normal? Mm -hmm. And I think that it is the more opportunities that we have to show folks that, you know, ah, look, here is a lovely image that can let you feel like, you know, you're, you're, you can find a bit of normalcy, uh, even though it may feel chaotic, you can find yourself somewhere uh, on the page. And that's really lovely. What's going to be in the second book? <laughs> oh, <gosh>. uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. I'm a sex educator. It's what I do for a living. So I want no, there's 16 like, we've been, we've been of these. coming up with like a, a wish list already. Yeah. Like this stuff that like if, if if we had done everything we wanted to do and we had written as as expansively as we could ever have, it would have been twice the size, and then mm -hmm. kids would never read it. Like it just would be impossible to get. Through. It'd be so heavy. Yeah, it'd be so big. There, there are and there are the books. We've got books upstairs that do that. Oh, that like, are this thick. They're they're big. They're I never incredible, open them. But they're you know you only crack them open when you've got a saw and you're like I need to find out what that saw is right like. <laughs> 
it's it's not it's not the kind of book that you can give somebody casually and, read and you expect them to read whereas what we've done is is you know you, you can read a chapter in in the time it takes to sit on the toilet right like it like it's it's mm-hmm. it's, it's a much more uh consumable thing I, I i think i could definitely write a lot more on you know how to talk to an approach to somebody that you're you're interested in mm. how to even start that conversation how to talk to a crush how yeah. to talk to a crush i want that one for me the, how to flirt <laughs> how to flirt or, or, and then or how to be okay with the fact that you you maybe want to do those things but you're maybe too shy to do those things yeah. like I, I want a chapter that sort of pats all the the people before that kind of happens Mm -hmm. on the back and sort of supports them along because we didn't really hit that so much we sort of dived into the more like sex let's talk about the 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 world of relationships around sex rather than you know talking to a crush right yeah so that that was kind of not in 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 the same category so yeah yeah, how how do you have your first kiss uh, yeah oh I'd love to write about that how to handle the awkward butterflies in your stomach that you think you're the only person who ever feels them and then you realize that everyone gets them yeah or you know the first time you you think kisses are going to be so big and important and then clink your teeth teeth hit <laughs> your and, braces and lock. it's not perfect and, and it doesn't feel right or, or and, and you're sweating and then you're yeah. panicking and something comes up and, oh yeah oh. how do you deal with a bad kiss how do you get out of that and then and the next day you know you haven't <gasps> seen him or her or them mm-hmm. and, and, and and what's all that about and you've got all these feelings yeah. and everybody's asking you questions oh, I, don't, I don't know there's so much there right like i, I how I, do you break up oh, how do you, yeah. how oh, do you break up your first relationship <laughs> And then you're mm. that kid in the hallway later the same day, like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, we got plenty, we, we got, got plenty, we, we, we've got plenty. <laughs> I'm excited. I would like to pre-order your book about relationship communication. Okay. <laughs> and can you get it to me like soon? Because I feel like I can. <laughs> I'll, I'll take down your email address. Yeah. Gonna <laughs> get it out right to you. Right, right now, we're just happy not to be working on a full book, so we're just working yeah. on Ojoy yeah. and doing some downtime because we we pushed really hard for a whole year in 2019 to, to make. Let's talk yeah. about it. So, just we were, happy to be relaxing a little bit. Right we, were, now. we were doing two jobs at once. We yeah. were doing Ojoy sex toy full time, and we were doing this entire giant book full time. And it was, it was, it was a lot. <laughs> no kidding. No kidding. Um, I guess I'll I'll reframe the question that I was asking before. Mm. Is there a topic that you wouldn't address? Oh, I'm... oh okay. It's mm. not that I wouldn't address it. But it's so far outside my comfort zone and so far outside my expertise is stuff relating to sexual trauma. And I, I bring don't... this up because because you we've mentioned we talked about how, you know, uh, like abuse and trauma mm-hmm. is a really important thing to talk about. Yeah. But it's are we the people to be talking about it? Are we equipped enough with it? It's it's something that I feel like is a dangerous topic in the sense that no matter what we write, it won't be it won't it won't justify people's feelings there's there's so much going on there that i I don't think you know it's a subject that feels comic can ever it just it feels like such an incredibly important topic to cover and i don't Mm. feel equipped to do that um but Mm. not to say i know i won't and i never will but just Mm. like as it stands right now i do not feel confident talking on that subject and that's not (laughs) to say that I, i i would ever tell any other writers not to cover oh no i I, love please please do somebody else (laughs) somebody else should do a a a comic book that talks Mm -hmm. about that and cracks it open Mm -hmm. and and puts lovely you know characters in it i Mm -hmm. i I would i would eat that up yeah i'll buy that book yeah 
But for right now, I, I don't know if I have the mental capacity to handle that one. Yeah, the it's, mental it's, and emotional it's, it's a reserve lot. that's needed. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, we, we didn't really hit that one with, um, yeah. with the book. That uh, I, I love that you know your limits. <laughs> isn't that? But isn't that nice? Like I think that I think that it's nice to see others say, "Nope, this is like this." Here is our our our, our playground, which is quite big. Let's be honest. Uh, <laughs> um, but to be able to say like oh, that, like maybe let's leave that elsewhere. That's pretty nice. Thank you so much for phrasing it like that. I, yeah. I actually really appreciate it because it's something that I I actively do feel bad about. Like I I. I it, I, yeah. Anyway, it's not something that I feel very good about. Um, so thank you for phrasing it like that. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, no problem. I was about to add to that, that I actually really love having like sex ed and sex positive content that is just sex positive. That's just like, let's just talk about what's great about sex. Let's just like make it really approachable. Let's make it really open and comfortable to talk about. And, you know, like there are so many like sexual trauma memes on Instagram and not all of them are helpful <laughs> and that happens when when people who shouldn't be making that content decide to make that content mm-hmm. because it's popular and so like I think it's really good to just be like no this is like this is where we talk about what's fun about sex yeah. and also encourage you to like reach out to people if you need help with something mm-hmm. yeah we always yeah. wanted to live in a, a, a it, it's a friendlier happier space when, when when you try to focus on you know the good side of mm-hmm. sex and and um mm-hmm. even if you're not interested in it just mm-hmm. being in you know talking about sex i i think it's i don't know a lot more valuable to be to to, to do it in a space where it's positive wholly agree absolutely so let's let's uh let's get silly for a short moment okay we've been in a pandemic for way too long yes uh, I suspect Agreed. a baby boom. I disagree. Really? I, I thought I read something elsewhere as well saying it was kind of the opposite. Mm-hmm. People, everybody was shutting up. Yeah, but sorry, you didn't finish your question. Yes. We interrupted. Sorry. <laughs> Continue. No, no worries. Uh, I was going to say, I've, I've, I, or maybe uh, I'm projecting my own reality onto <laughs> the rest of the world. Um, hey, that's a lot of information for our listeners, but they're used to it. What's given you, what's brought you a ton of joy in the past year where we've all been sitting and scared and bored and et cetera? Gosh, I, it, it's, I'm 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 coming up blank. I thought you were going to ask like, what do you miss? And I was going to be like, I miss climbing. And, you know, <laughs> and then now you're like, what do you what do you like? I'm like climbing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <I love> climbing. <laughs> you you answer. I'll think something up. My husband. Oh gosh, that's so. <laughs> that's not fair. No, um, embroidering. I think, no, no, that was that was a joke answer. Um, I uh, embroidering and doing puzzles and working in my garden. Those have all mm. really been helping, and also maintaining my relationship with my friends over text message, uh, doing video chats with them, uh, and and then all all of us like recognizing we're tapped out. So if somebody doesn't respond to a text for a really long time, like we all have an agreement, like, don't worry about it. It's fine. We know everybody's overwhelmed and you'll, we'll just send it a little check-in message like, hey, no need to reply. So just take that stress right off. I just wanted to say, I was thinking about you. I miss you. Here's here's a photo that made me think of you. Da-da. And so just maintaining mm-hmm. my relationships that way. Um, not Not with all my relationships. Like there's some friends where we don't have that kind of online long distance connection in, in our relationships. It's like, 
I miss you and I don't know how to fix this. But um, yeah, and then like, uh, honestly, I have really enjoyed spending time with Matt. Um, yeah. I was afraid we might drive each other crazy, just like 24 hour lockdown working in the same space together. But I don't know. I There's been multiple times this year where it's just like I've discovered a new appreciation for you. Yeah, yeah I am pretty great. <laughs> there you go. And he misses climbing. <laughs> <laughs> How about yourself? I, I feel like that's a fair one to, to bounce back. Um, I have a big list of, uh, I've been watching a lot. Like, I think I've finished Netflix. Um, <laughs> Good job. So, yes. Uh, so I've been uh, doing a lot of, uh, a lot of doodling, uh, a lot oh. of uh, inappropriate doodling oh. uh, over, over folks on uh, uh, what is now called the do it list, uh, folks that can get it. That is, well, I'm, I'm a, I'm a weird little bird. Otherwise I cook a lot. I, I do. I cook a lot. And for as many people as possible, and then I just drop them off on the front stoop within oh, walking that's so distance. Sweet. Oh man! Yeah, I think Why that's important. It's my yeah. way of <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> uh, food is my love language. So oh. yeah, <laughs> Caddy, I'm like a little bit wounded that this is the first time I'm hearing about your X-rated "Who Can Get It" doodles. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick, you guys mentioned you guys mentioned um, Netflix. Have you guys watched Marriage or Mortgage yet? <gasps> no, I haven't yet. Enraging. Oh, it's like it's like watching a, a like a horror movie because the entire time you're like it, your 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 brain is exploding the entire time you're as like, you watch these people make these choices or say these things that you're like I don't understand. They're like, oh, it's such a hard choice. And but like, really? like, no, it's not. It's such a easy choice. Get a house. House. <laughs> Every time, get yeah. a house. Um, the number of people who choose out? wedding makes me angry. Right. Same. I get it. Like they're like, they're okay, we, we we only have 30k. Do we spend it on a one-day party? Yeah. Or do we make an investment in a house we'll live in for decades? Mm, such a tough choice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't. I I I can't. I can't. But I love yelling at the television while watching yeah, it. It is that's good it. for that. I it's think really that, I, I love I think it, that's... but I hate it. But I mm-hmm. love it, yeah. right? Like it's it's one of those shows. <laughs> mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. I haven't watched it yet, and I think this is why because all of my COVID anxiety has actually funneled a hundred percent into housing anxiety. Oh, um, gosh. because Montreal's rental market is a shit show right mm. now. I mean, it's mm, I just. And I'm not going to start talking about it because then I won't stop talking about it. So I haven't watched it yet because I know that if I hear about other people being able to buy houses one more time, I'm going to just like lose my shit. Yeah, okay. It's not not the show for Um, you. Yeah, yeah. But I have also been embroidering and I got very excited when you said that, um, which is I loved it as a kid and I, I hadn't done it in ages. And I'm working on a like my first ever like large long term embroidery project, which is very for me and very exciting what does that what does that um, mean is that are you, is it just one hoop or is it m- many hoops what, what are you it's one hoop <laughs> it's one hoop uh it's a it's like a 12 inch hoop so it's not huge Ooh, it's not like a quilting that's big but um i'm doing a uh the the pagan wheel of the year and i'm doing it in cruel work embroidery which is oh. like when you fill the whole section yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Pictures. Um, so I've been just working on it. And like my goal is to do basically a section per season mm-hmm. and fill the wheel like over the course of the year. Oh, so great. I have done two segments in the center medallion. And it's nice. I'm not usually a long term project person. Mm-hmm. Uh, my three years of 
pod this podcast notwithstanding. So it's been really fun to just have something that I'm just kind of picking out. And I find that like adding rhythm to the days really helps. Yeah. Like having yeah. something mm-hmm. that marks the passage of time yeah. Yeah. that I'm like physically interacting with mm-hmm. really helps me not just get completely lost in yeah. the morass that is this pandemic. Um and I'm also gardening. Hey nice. Which is which is fun. So yeah, little oh. little plants and food and stitching. Mm-hmm. I want to circle back to our book and the section where there's the, the older sister gardening. You know how she's like, oh, this is Queen Beth and that's Sir Gumbleleaf. Those are mm-hmm. actual plants in my garden. And that is my garden that I drew in the book. Oh my God. Except what? I love that. Queen Beth in real life was actually a beet. But for the metaphor that I needed in the yeah. book, we had I, a tomato plant worked better. So I called that mm-hmm. Queen Beth. But for reals, Queen Beth is a beet or was a beet. She got eaten a couple years How, ago but was she a very big beat yes and she was so regal yeah. so beautiful Ugh, yay red beet or a golden it was a mixed bag of seeds so i think queen beth herself she was she was, red. She, she was a red beet no yeah. you yeah. see there was this big elaborate story that went with her because I like had to transplant her, which you're not supposed to do with root mm. vegetables, but she survived and she had a sister who tried to kill her, but it's okay. It worked out. Um, yeah. So that's important so, note about the book that you all should need to know. I really value knowing this story about Queen Beth. Thank you for sharing that. Mm. You're welcome. All right. Well, I think we got to wrap it up. Thank you so much. This was really fun. Thank you so, so much for having us on. It was a real pleasure. I'm so glad we got to meet you. And I definitely, for reals, want to see your cruel work on your embroidery wheel. And um, yeah, I would like to see that. I'll I'll send you some pictures. Yeah, thank you. So folks, this is Erica Moen and Matthew Nolan. Buy their book. Let's talk about it. Buy it for everybody in your life. Just, I'm not even going to limit that to you. Just buy it for everybody. Mm -hmm. It's good. Just buy it. They'll get money and then they can plant more beets and everybody wins thank you so much for joining us thank you so much guys yeah thank you it was lovely take care thanks for listening to yeah if you want to leave feedback suggest a book for us to read or just say hi send us an email at the yeah podcast at gmail.com you can follow us on twitter at yeah podcast and individually i'm at tapper bear and caddy is at caddy double underscore d if you want to see more of what Erica and Matthew have written, there's a link to buy the book in our show notes, and you can also head to ojoysextoy.com. If you like the show and want to help us make it even better, and want to see a video version of this episode, consider supporting us on Patreon. You can get all kinds of great perks, including early access to bonus content, shoutouts, guest appearances, and more. Head to patreon.com slash yapodcast to donate. Shout out to our patrons, Catherine, Erica, Kat, Lizzie, Chantal, Maddie, Megan, Emily, and Emmett. We love you all. We have merch. Hit the merch link in the description of this episode to get some from the fine folks over at TeePublic. You can also support us for free by leaving a rating and review on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts, by subscribing on Spotify, and by sharing this episode with a friend. Special thanks to Great Bear for letting us use their song Jenny's Groove as our theme music. You can find their music for sale at greatbearmusic.bandcamp.com. This episode was produced by me, Tevra Jemian, and edited by Tom Zalatni as part of the Upford Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at upfordnetwork.com. Dun, dun, dun.
Dungeons, Dragons, Canada, The Multiverse Theory, Corgis, Queer Representation, Reconciliation, Angels, Demons, Squirrels, Moose, Moose and Squirrels, Sorcerers, Dinosaurs, Forests, Giants, Rogues, Warlocks, Plains, Sewers, Lavender, Natural Toonie, a Canadian Dungeons and Dragons podcast, right here on the Upford Network. Hi, I'm Howard Mitnick, host of Gateway Music. Join me as I talk with people about the artists and albums that changed their lives, and about the artists and albums that changed mine. Available on the Upford Network and wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> 